1: Hey, In case people us, haven't realized. Bring us back. Um, but yeah, so moving on with the chat this morning, we've come to our Encounter with God segment. But before we get there, we have the next clue for our quiz. We do indeed. Here we go. So the last two chapters of this book are the words of Agur, uh, Agur, Agur son of Jaché, and the words of King Lemuel. So the last two, two chapters of this book are words of Agur, son of Jacare, and the words of King Lemuel. Have you, Read me that first clue again. The word judgment is found most often in this book, a total of 15 times.
2: Okay, so, let's go with. Yes.
1: Do we have the answer from Lyle? Uh, we do have the answer cor- correct from Lyle. So if you know what the, what the answer is to this question, give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can send us a text at 0491 064 669. And if you're the first person in with the correct answer, we will be sending you a copy of Hero of Hacksaw Ridge by Booten Hurton. And it talks about the life of Desmond Doss.
0: Okay, we're going to do something very different today, but before we get to what we're doing very different, I do need to remind you all to tune in tomorrow morning between 9.30 and 10.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time for small group interactive Bible study, and of course, that will be our Anzac Day special, uh, because it will be taking place on Anzac Day. Okay, so uh, as for our extra special Bible study we have today, here's, here's here's, here's the situation. We had a question of the day that's come in, and... It's one of those questions that's a rather large question, and so yesterday we were well, on paper. Over.
1: On paper, it's short. But on paper,
0: it's short, but the answer is <laughs> the answer demands a level of attention that it requires more than four minutes. Indeed. And so we sort of bounced around. It's like, well, you know, if we can get a little bit ahead in our daily Bible study, twenty million movement Bible study, then maybe we could spend a little bit of extra time on it, which we did yesterday. Indeed. And so what we're going to do is dedicate today's encounter with god to question of the day question of the day so what do we
1: got for question of the day liam so here we go question is what i don't know exactly how to work this but essentially it I is think
0: we're missing the original wording but it know, whatever is,
1: how is ellen g white from the uh, adventist, church. adventist church how is she different to Joseph Smith Jr. of the Mormon Church of the Latter-day Saint Church.
0: Yeah, okay, so these are two individuals both claiming the, well, not both claiming the gift of prophecy because Ellen White never claimed the gift of prophecy, both having the gift of prophecy ascribed to them. Indeed. uh, From a relatively similar era, yeah. Now, it's not uncommon for people to either claim or have uh, uh, the gift of prophecy ascribed to them. Particularly, you know, in the charismatic church today, there are you know, many thousands of people around the world who uh, who make that claim. Um, it wasn't as common back then. No. And uh, these are two individuals who really do kind of stand out in the Victorian era as individuals who started great, you know, worldwide religious movements. Indeed. And so it's a worthwhile question to answer. And I need to begin this by stating my bias. Yes. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. (laughs) Liam is a Seventh-day Adventist. And we don't have a Mormon here with us. No. So naturally. So naturally we're going to lean towards Ellen White rather than towards Joseph Smith. Um, And um, maybe I could begin by just... I think what I might do is outline what it is that comes to my mind Mm. when somebody asks me, how do you compare these two? Yes. Um, And just maybe sharing a couple of different thoughts that sort of are salient points that jump out to me. Um, And then what I want to do is to spend some time actually looking at this concept of the gift of prophecy from the Bible. Yes. And looking at in particular, the tests of a prophet. Yeah, yeah. Because that's really the issue that we need to look at rather than just having a fun time and saying, okay, Joseph Smith, you know, Taughton did this, Ellen White, Taughton did this, uh, which one do you prefer? Really what we should be looking at is, okay, the Bible outlines for the gift of prophecy the highest level of tests for any of the gifts of the Spirit. Absolutely. Uh, the Bible is very, very clear Don't do, not to trust anyone who comes along and claims to have the gift of prophecy but to test them first. Indeed. And uh, the Bible also outlines that the gift of prophecy is the most important of all of the gifts of the Spirit. And so that sort of, you know, it raises the standard very high. Mm. Now, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is, by their fruits you shall know them. Indeed. And when I look at the uh, Church of the Latter-day Saints, I find that, all of the people who belong to that church that I know, which isn't a large amount, but we, you know, did have uh, neighbours who belonged to that denomination uh, when I was growing up, and so I've known a few here and there, and they've all been, you know, just um, lovely people. I, I've got to say, yeah. the
1: Mormon, the, the people that I've met the Mormon are some of the nicest people I've ever met.
0: And you have your uh, your friendly elders. They come to your door wearing their white shirts, their black pants, and their little name tag, and they're always, you know, super polite they are the yeah. true and so this yeah. is not a reflection on there's not a reflection on any you know individual member of uh, church of latter day saints uh, my comments are going to be specifically directed towards Joseph Smith and just sort of you know the bible says by their fruits you will know them mm. it's not it doesn't say that by their words it's like okay what's what's actually going to be the outcome of their life and You know, if I look at, for instance, okay, so let's just compare the end of Ellen White's life with the end of Joseph Smith's life. Indeed. So Ellen White died of old age. She did. Um, And when she died, there were over 4,000 people from the community. Mm. So this is not from, you know, just my church who turned up. These were people who turned up from the community because they recognized that this was a woman who had made a massive impact yeah. on their community. That took place in uh, in Battle Creek in Michigan. And what's also significant is even if we look at our local area here where we're broadcasting from the Newcastle Lake Macquarie region, is here you've got a woman in the 1800s who had a massive impact. Oh, she brought industry to the absolutely. area. She brought education to the area. Now where do you find women doing that in the Victorian era? You don't. You know really. she was she was somebody who was you, you know we now live in an era where people are saying we need to get more women who are doing these kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, this is like and what, 150 years ago what better
1: example of Ellen
0: White yeah but 150 years ago Ellen White was already doing it yeah. she wasn't waiting for you know the government to legislate um, that you know, you've know you got to have X amount of women who are going to uh, be entrepreneurs she just went and she, did it she
1: saw what was needed she felt the call to do what she did and she went and did it
0: you know, if I compare that with Joseph Smith's you know, if I come to the end of Joseph Smith's life here you've got a, a guy who died as an alcoholic and was murdered um, and was yeah. involved in a couple of wars and I'm just like, okay, the Bible says by their fruits you will know them. Um, Started an organization that has at various times uh, promoted polygamy. Um, You know, there's there's a few things there that raise some very big question marks in my mind when I compare the two. Indeed. And I would challenge anybody to look at Ellen White's life and to find, you know, anything that, you know, Uh, goes along those lines Ellen White was somebody who was you know passionately against violence for instance she was she was um you know a, a conscientious objector to the bearing of arms and wrote quite strongly about it she was you know one of the major temperance speakers of the temperance movement in the United States speaking against alcohol and the damage that it was creating in society um she was you know a Yeah, probably one of the most significant leaders that the United States had in that area. Um, And so a tremendous amount of influence for good. And so here you've got a woman, a Victorian-era woman, you know, living in the 1800s, who's responsible for uh, producing an education system that spans the globe today. Indeed. Indeed. who is in many ways responsible for the beginning of the health food movement. Now, lots of people say that that was Kellogg. Well, guess where Kellogg got his inspiration from? From living in Elamite's home. Indeed. Um, There's a wonderful story to go with that as well, but that's yeah, for, for a different sure. time. She is the inspiration behind, you know, we... I, I've I've lived in the in the Lower Hunter for the last four years, and the Lower Hunter is full of like you know health spas and health retreats and all these kind of things. This was all Ellen White's ideas Indeed. back in the eighteen hundreds. Absolutely, um, you know, hundreds of years ahead of her time, and of course um, the instigator of a system, uh, a, a, a private medical system that. Um, you know spans the globe you know one of the well, sydney's biggest private hospital is the sydney evidence hospital which was you know originated by um alan white way back in the day so yeah those are a couple of thoughts
3: you're listening to faith fm positively different radio
0: Okay, so now Bible study time. Uh, it's one thing to say, you know, this person did was, was a great entrepreneur, did a great job in doing lots of good things around the world, um, helped a lot of people. It's another thing to say that somebody uh, is a recipient of, you know, the gift of prophecy. Let's turn our Bibles to begin with to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. Okay. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. And we will begin by here by looking at uh, one of the verses in the Bible that gives a list of some of the gifts of the Spirit. So we're going to go fast as we can here this morning. We don't have a lot of time to dig into the subject. Ephesians 4 verse 11, uh, the Bible says he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. And so the Bible lists off you know, a whole bunch of different gifts of the Spirit. Now, the question that we've got, there's two questions that come out of this. Why did God give gifts of the Spirit? And for how long were they to remain with God's church? And the Bible answers that in verse 12, uh, which is the next verse. It says, "For," So it's going to tell you what the gifts are for. Yes. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, that means the building up of the body of Christ. Then verse 13 begins with the word until, so now the Bible is going to tell you how long the gifts of the Spirit were to remain with God's church. "...until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ." Indeed. Okay, so the gifts of the Spirit were never to be taken away from the church. No. Um, They were given to the church for the building up of the church. And until we can say that we have come up to the fullness of the stature of Christ, you know, from uh, every different perspective, but particularly from a moral perspective, then the gifts of the Spirit are relevant for us today. They are indeed. Indeed. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 22, uh, sorry, Revelation 19, the Bible speaks about the end of time in Revelation chapter 19. And I'll read this one as well. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10, the Bible speaks about the testimony of Jesus. And it says this, And I fell at his feet to worship him. This is John speaking to an angel. The angel said, see you do it not, or see that you don't do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So the Bible here is giving you a defining verse where it defines what the testimony of Jesus is. Yeah. It's the spirit of prophecy. Absolutely. And it's something that a group of people here described as the brethren have. Yeah. So we have to ask ourselves the question. All right. Well, if uh, if the testimony of Jesus is the gift of prophecy, what what is you know what is the spirit of prophecy? Is it the ability to um, explain the prophecies, or is it um, something a, a gift that a prophet receives? And the answer is found in the parallel verse to this, which is in chapter twenty-two and verse nine, where John with the angel, the angel says. Don't do that, for I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren. Now, remember, these are the, this is the group that has the testimony of Jesus or the spirit of prophecy, of your brethren, the prophets. Now, the Bible says in uh, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17 that the dragon was angry with a woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. The woman is a symbol of the church, the remnant, those that remain at the very end of time. This is God's church at the end of time, yeah. which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus. Absolutely. So the Bible identifies God's people at the end of time having two things. Number one, keeping God's Ten Commandments. And number two, having the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy. And so very clearly the gift of prophecy is not a gift that was to be taken from God's church. Yeah. The gift of prophecy is there alongside all of those other gifts that are to be a part of God's church, uh, you know, Really, right the way down through history. Yeah.
1: And looking at, you know, comparing Ellen White and and, and Joseph Smith, uh, Ellen White, she, I think, I would imagine that she knew, she felt that she had a gift. Um, it, when when things happen to someone like the things that happened to her,
0: well, she was somebody who seemed received, received visions and dreams. Yeah, even though she never claimed to have, yeah, yeah, yeah. she never claimed exactly. to be a prophet. She be claimed she claimed to be the Lord's servant and a, yeah. a messenger.
1: Yeah. Uh, whereas Joseph Smith, on the other hand, he made some quite wild claims, and he ha- he said absolutely I'm a prophet from God. Um, however, he didn't necessarily have the evidence to back up what he was saying. Uh, for example, the, the the Book of Mormon comes from a, a message that uh, that a prophet, a, 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 sorry, an angel came to America to see Joseph Smith, and gave him some golden tablets that he dug up from the ground. No, uh, sorry, sorry, golden tablets that he buried in the ground and then destroyed, uh, and, and this was the only evidence of what the angel said.
0: What's interesting about that is because you know Ellen White had visions as well and we could, we could probably argue the same thing because we weren't there in the vision. So how do we know that what she was saying was true? Um, the difference is that we have the content of those visions written down and in the content of those visions, and this is, this is something that's really interesting, a tremendous amount of what Ellen White dealt with was health. Let me mm. use this as an example. She wrote a lot about health and she wrote a significant amount about, amount about end-time politics. Yeah that would take place in the future. Let's start with health. You've got a situation here where you've got somebody who is writing in the Victorian era when the health practices were, you know, the standard health practices of the day were truly horrific. Mm. She writes a lot about it. Uh, The information that she writes about is mostly available. The difference with Ellen White and everybody else is that she never got anything wrong. No, she didn't. And modern science can investigate that today. So, how was she able, you know, in the 1800s to write, you know, massive volumes about health and not get anything wrong? That to me is very, very significant. Indeed. Here's an interesting uh, piece of trivia. Um, And this is in relationship to the different uh, gifts of the Spirit that you find the Bible speaking about. Uh, Guess how many times the gift of prophecy is mentioned in the Bible? Do you want to take 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 a stab at that one? Do you mean like how many times people prophesy? Uh, how many times the Bible references the gift of prophecy?
1: I would say it would be... I don't think it would be a lot.
0: Let me surprise you. Okay. 530. I was wrong, okay? I'm, I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> And wrong. this often surprises people. Um, apostles are mentioned 82 times. Pastors, pastors, elders, and bishops. Those are three words that are actually exactly the same thing. I um, mentioned 200 times. Uh, teachers, 268. And... Uh, what I find interesting is that you find the gift of tongues in five different places in the Bible. Yeah. that's a, uh, I think that's a significant one um, that's worth considering. Gift of prophecy is clearly the most significant gift that there is. Indeed. Okay, so the question is, if, if the gifts of the Spirit are given to God's church, to be with God's church right the way through history, Uh, Until we all reach the fullness of the stature of Christ, as the Bible says, why did the gift of prophecy disappear during the Dark Ages?
1: Yeah, I've often wondered that. Because Ellen White is probably the most recent... We haven't, to my knowledge, we haven't had a a prophet since Ellen White. And before Ellen White, it was quite some time uh, since the the last one.
0: Okay, let's go through this real fast. Okay, It's a principle called the Law and the Prophets. And basically it works like this. God's law is very simple. You have okay. ten commandments. Yes, it's easy. You can teach it to a five-year-old; they can memorize ten it.
1: commandments. That we can knuckle down to two commandments.
0: That's right, uh, which we can knuckle down to one, which is love. Absolutely. Um, there is a principle that runs from one end of the Bible to the other, called the Law and the Prophets. Yes, where you have the Law and the where you have the Law and where you have people who honor and obey the Law, you have the gift of prophecy. And when people turn away from the Law, the gift of prophecy disappears. Indeed. And so you'll find this uh, Jeremiah 26 verse uh, 4 to 6 is probably, you know, there's so many examples of this. I really don't know where to start, but maybe I'll I'll, I'll just start this one here. Jeremiah, let me go, 26, 26. Uh, where we four to six the Bible says if the if and you shall say unto them, thus says the Lord, if you will not listen to my listen to me to walk in my law which I have set before you, to listen to the words of my servants, the prophets whom I sent unto you, both rising up early and sending them, but you have not hearkened, then I'll make this house like Shiloh, and I'll make this house this city a curse to all the nations, and so the condition for the prosperity of God's people was first the law yep And second, the prophets. Indeed. Now, whenever the law disappears, what you're going to find is that the gift of prophecy goes away as well. It's a little bit like God saying, okay, the law is really simple. If you can't handle that, then I can't give you anything extra. Yeah. Okay, so just focus on that first. Get that right. And then, you know, I'll give you the extra information. And, of course, you know, they did not listen to Jeremiah's counsel right here. They did not keep the law of God. And because of that, Jeremiah laments that the vision has perished. The vision is gone. The gift of prophecy is gone and the city was destroyed. Um, You can find that same principle running in many places. And what you have during the Dark Ages is a time period in which the law of God disappeared, the Bible disappeared, it was legislated against, um, it was illegal to own a copy of it. Uh, People, you know, the average Christian never heard the Ten Commandments, and uh, uh, the actual Ten Commandments themselves were changed By the church of the day And when the Lord disappears Then the gift of prophecy goes with it
1: Indeed Uh, This song we've got coming up now Is Fernando Ortega With all creatures of our God and King
2: And King lift up your voice and with us sing. Clouds that sail in heaven, long. Oh, praise Him, Hallelujah! Thou rising morning, praise, rejoice. Ye lights of evening, find a voice.
0: Guys, you're listening to the breakfast show on Faith FM. We are discussing a one-off subject on the gift of prophecy here this morning, we particularly in the context of Ellen White and Joseph it Smith. Indeed, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. One 843 Give us a call. Uh, one of the things that we do need to look at in, uh, which is probably critical to this discussion, is tests of a prophet. Indeed. So I'm going to go to First uh, John, and once again, I'm going to go. I'm going to go fast. I'm going to go hard because uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover. First letter of John. Uh, chapter 4 and verse 1 is where we're going to start. So First John chapter 4, verse 1, um, where it says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so the Bible commands us, unlike any other gift of the Spirit, to test people who claim to have the gift of prophecy yeah okay so there's a lot of people in our world today who claim to have the gift of prophecy. um there's you know probably people who go to church, your church that uh, have that um, claim. I don't know. We all come from different faith backgrounds, and you know particularly amongst uh, charismatic churches, you'll find people who have that claim. The Bible says, they were not to accept them at face value, but rather, that, rather to put them to the test. So let's look at some of the tests for, a, for the gift of prophecy. And let's go to... Well, let's start in the big one. This is Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20. Isaiah 8 and verse 20. Let me just flick over here very quickly. Um, where the Bible says, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Yeah. There are a number of issues that come out of here. First of all, the Bible begins by speaking about the law. If they don't uphold the law, if they're not upholding God's law, God's Ten Commandments, if they're against God's Ten Commandments in any way, shape or form, then they are a false prophet. And then it goes on and talks about the testimony. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy or the gift of prophecy. It is indeed. That's where we get the Bible from. Yeah. The Bible comes to us through the testimony of Jesus. And so anyone, the, the entire Bible comes, from, comes to us from those who have the gift of prophecy. And anybody who comes after the Bible as a non-canonical, canonical, a, non, a, a prophet who is not a part of uh, Scripture, and there are a number of those both in the Bible and outside of the Bible, Anyone within that category must uphold the Bible as we have it. Mm. So they must be 100% um, accurate to the Bible and yep. accurate to the law of God. Indeed. And so this is really good because anybody who claims to have the gift of prophecy, we can bring them to the acid test of God's Word. Simple as that. Do they uphold the Word of God? Do they point people to themselves? You know, Or are they constantly pointing people to the Bible? Okay. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 28, this is the obvious one, Jeremiah chapter 28 um, and verse 9. If we have a little bit of time, we can spend uh, some time going through this. But Jeremiah 28 and verse 9, the Bible says, When the prophet which prophesies of peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, in other words, when it happens, when it's fulfilled, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord has truly sent him. So if someone comes along and makes a prophecy and that does not happen there was a prophet who recently prophesied the end of the coronavirus gave a date for it it didn't happen and then claimed that the holy spirit had lied to him yeah false prophet right Indeed. there we know that okay so if they come along and they and they make a prophecy and it's found to be false then you need not uh, take heed any longer because it's going to be absolutely untrue uh Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 9 through 12 and this is this is very very significant for uh Um, The Bible says that they should have no contact with the dead. Um, And you do find people who will try and predict the future these days uh, because they claim to be in contact with the dead. Um, Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 to 12, where it says, When you are come into the land which the Lord your God gives you, you will not learn to do after the abomination of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that makes his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. Or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. So anybody using these kinds of um, methods to tell the future, the Bible says, have nothing to do with them. Disregard them. them. Completely disregard them. And so um, these are some of the tests that you find in the Bible for a prophet. Um, and so, yeah, we're just running through. They must exalt Scripture. They must you know, keep and promote the law of God. Have a hundred percent track record of accuracy. Um, the Bible says, as we mentioned earlier, "By their fruits you shall know them." So mm-hmm. we need to simply look at their life. Absolutely. What was the, what were the fruits of their life? Did their did their life bring positivity to the world or negativity to the world? Mm. You know, what was the what was the course of their life in in that respect? Um, and then, of course, this final one on having no contact with the dead. Now, that raises a number of questions. It's like, okay, do we then um, take what Ellen White wrote and say, well, these are the additional books of the Bible? Yeah. And the answer is no, we don't do that. Ellen White is not a canonical prophet. No. If you look at the Bible, the Bible will talk to you. uh, In fact, let's go over to... Um, let's go over to Second Chronicles let's look at this one very quickly I think we've got time for this Second Chronicles I'll give you an example oh, First Chronicles First Chronicles I think it is. First Chronicles we're having a chronic time here looking for <laughs> Chronicles <laughs> we jumping through here. the Bible uh, the 29 verse 29 where it says this now the acts of David the king first and last behold they are written in the book of Samuel the prophet and in the book of Nathan the prophet, and in the book of Gad the prophet. Okay, Lem, what I want you to do is to uh, turn with me in your Bible to the book of Gad. Where's that? <laughs> okay, so Len, um, what about the book of Nathan? Where, where's that? They're not in the Bible. They're are they? not in there. Okay, so this is this is simply illustrating. But the Book of Samuel we have. we do indeed. We've got yeah, two books we've got of Samuel. Two books of Samuel. All right. So what you've got is two different kinds of prophets in the Bible. You have canonical prophets and non-canonical prophets. A canonical prophet is somebody whose words uh, were who, who is somebody who wrote for all time, and so therefore their words are recorded in Scripture, which is the book for all time. Yep. A non-canonical prophet is somebody who writes for a specific time. Indeed. And. Um, And so their their words are not recorded, you know, in the Bible, which is the book for all time, their words are recorded for that specific time. Alan White was an end time prophet? Yep. Not an all time prophet. Yes. Okay. So do we then is there any okay, so the next level the next question is is are there any such things as levels of inspiration? Do you have, you know, one person who has the gift of prophecy as being more inspired than another? It's a good question.
1: I would say no.
0: No. Yeah, it's, it's we, we need to focus on who the author of the gift of of prophecy is. The author of the gift is not the prophet. The author of the gift is the Holy Spirit. Yes. And so you don't have levels of inspiration. Um, you just have different contexts within which people write. Now, I wanted to share with you some of the statements. Um, oh, wow, so many amazing things that we could share from Ellen White here. And maybe I'll look at some of these during the um, question time. Um, we've, got, we've got a whole hour of question of the day today. How lucky are we? That's <laughs> just amazing. Okay, so let me see here. We could read. Let me just, I'm going to flick down to the end here because there's a couple of really good ones. There are thousands today. Some people want to know, okay, what did she speak about? You know, uh, salvation. There are thousands today who need to learn the same truth that was taught to Nicodemus by the uplifted serpent. When they are bidden to look to Jesus and believe that he saves them solely through his grace, they exclaim, How can these things be? Yeah, a Very powerful statement that we've got right there. Um, Antichrist. Here's another one. Listen to this one. Antichrist is to perform his marvelous works in our sight. She's talking end time here from the book Great Controversy. So closely will the counterfeit resemble the true that it will be impossible to distinguish between them except by the Holy Scriptures... By their testimony, that's the testimony of the Bible, every statement and every miracle must be tested. This is somebody who pointed people to Jesus Christ and the Bible.
1: Indeed. Uh, Coming now, we've got Nathan Young and the Language of Canaan. This is Faith FM.
4: Talk in the language of Cain. I could tell a little of the glory of a better world. Oh, that I could talk in the language of king. the glory of a better world where there is no night and the light like hear it all, no, 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 oh, that I could talk in the language of Canaan, I could tell a little of the glory, mm-hmm, of a better word.
3: wonderful things the Lord showed me of heaven, I cannot describe. I saw there tables of stone in which the names of the multitude of the redeemed were engraved in letters of gold. After we beheld the glory of the temple, we went out and Jesus left us and went into the city. Soon we heard his lovely voice again saying, Come, my people, you have come out of great tribulation and done my will, suffered for me. Come in to supper, for I myself will serve you. We shouted, Alleluia, glory, and entered into the city. And I saw a table of pure silver. It was many miles in length. Yet our eyes could extend over it. I saw the fruit of the tree of life, the manna, almonds, figs, pomegranates, grapes, and many other kinds of fruit. Then Jesus said, You must go back to earth again and relate to others what I have revealed to you. Then an angel bore me gently down to this dark world. Sometimes I think I can stay here no longer. All things of earth look so dreary. I feel very lonely here, for I have seen a better land. Oh, four
4: wings like a dove, so that I could fly, oh. sail across the river Jordan to a better place where they're sweet To reach your shore, oh, that I could talk in the language of Cain, I could tell a little of the glory of a better.
2: <laughs>
4: Hail the power of Jesus' name! Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown Him, Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown. Seed of Israel's race, He ransomed from the fall. Hail Him who saves you by His grace, and crown Him Lord of all. Hail Him who saves you by His grace, and crown Him Lord. Of all. <laughs> 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 you are Lord of all <laughs> Let every kindred, every tribe On this terrestrial ball To him all majesty ascribe And crown him Lord Just be a scribe and crown him, Lord.
1: Welcome back. That was the Newsboys with All Hail the King. How good. Just finishing up the song there. Welcome back. That was the Newsboys with All Hail the King. All right.
0: We have some technical issues happening. We have a bit of an echo taking place there, Lawson. I'm hearing you twice. Liam. Now I'm getting confused.
1: Oh, things are happening. (laughs) Weird things are happening. But (laughs) I think I fixed it because I'm not hearing me again. Um, But... Um, but yeah, so that was the Newsboys with "All are Hail hearing, the Power of are the you King hearing of the Voices." in Jesus, your head. No, I am indeed. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but we continue along with our question of the day about Ellen yes. White yes. and Joseph Smith. But that's we're right. going to focus and, and
0: have a bit of a highlight of the a few highlights of the things that Ellen White did. So, absolutely, what I have think we got? That's, I think that's appropriate. Um, obviously, this is a subject that I know much more about than Joseph Smith, and so I have this opportunity of being able to you know, share with you some of the statements that she made. And, uh, um, okay, so we should probably start with, oh, let me see, let me see this one. So this is in 1864. That's a long time ago. Indeed. She said, tobacco is a poisonous of the most deceitful and malignant kind. I love the way she wrote. Indeed. Okay. wasn't until 1964 that the Surgeon General actually came out and said, "Ah, well, you know what, it does uh, cause heart disease. And now, of course, we know all about that, don't we? Uh, Let me see, what else have we got here that we can talk about? Oh, this one's interesting. This one will uh, prick the minds of all those old enough to remember these events. When I was in last in New York, I was in the night season, called upon to behold buildings rising story after story toward heaven. In them, the most costly material was used. Uh, the scene that next passed before me was an alarm of fire, but these buildings were consumed as if made of pitch. And by this was, by the way, this was written before the invention of the skyscraper. The fire engines could do nothing to stay the destruction. The firemen were unable to operate the engines. In the night I was, I thought, in a room, not my own house. I heard explosion after explosion. I rose up quickly in bed and saw from my window large balls of fire. Jetting out were sparks in the form of arrows, and buildings were being consumed. In a very few minutes the entire block of buildings was falling, and the screeching and mournful groans came distinctly to my ears. Um, so, yeah, that one's uh, um, pretty vivid. She spoke about the United States. She says, Here is a striking figure of the rise and growth of our own nation. This is the second beast of Revelation 13 she's talking about. The lamb-like horns are emblems, emblems of innocence and gentleness. Um, and goes on to talk about it from there. And so, you know, back in the 1800s, predicting that the United States would be a superpower was pretty out there. I mean, they were still fighting wars with their indigenous population, but it's certainly the way it is these days. Um, she spoke about the condition of Christianity. She said, The things you have described as taking place in Indiana, the Lord has shown to me, would take place just before the close of probation. In other words, just before Jesus comes back. Every uncouth thing will be demonstrated. There will be shouting with drums and dancing. The senses of rational beings will become so confused that they cannot be trusted to make right decisions. And this is called the moving of the Holy Spirit. This was back in an era when people went to church. They were very quiet. They were indeed Not so much these days. No. But she said that's what it would be like towards the end. Uh, She spoke about uh, disease in animals. This one comes from 1902. Disease in animals is increasing in proportion to the increase of wickedness among men. The whole animal creation will groan under the diseases that curse our earth. Wow. Could anything be more relevant right now? No, that's pretty on point with, with what's happening. Back in 1864, she also spoke about the base crime of the amalgamation of man and beast, in other words, genetic engineering, long before genetic engineering was ever discovered. Um, what else have we got here? Let me we read that one? Yeah. Let me go off and read these ones uh, because these ones are, are... She spoke about electrical currents in the brain. She had so much to say about health. It was really quite... Uh, uh, 1869, she talked about minute electrical charges are vital to the functioning of the brain. wasn't discovered by the Mayo Clinic until 1934. The things that I like most is what Ellen White has to say about the Bible uh-huh. and about Jesus. Indeed. Because if you have the gift of prophecy, you also have the opportunity to exalt yourself. Indeed. And Ellen White never did so. Anybody who ever. She was a very humble lady. Secular people, anybody who ever came across um, and associated with Ellen White recognized that and wrote and spoke about it. She says this In our time, there is a wide departure from the doctrines and precepts. She's talking about the Protestants. There is a need to return to the great Protestant principle, the Bible. And the Bible only as the rule of faith and duty. Indeed. Okay, so this is what Ellen White never did. She never said, you need to read the Bible and what I say. She said, the Bible and the Bible only is our rule of faith and practice. In relationship to Jesus, she said, lift up Jesus, you that teach the people. Lift him up in sermon, in song, in prayer. Let all your powers be directed in pointing souls, confused, bewildered, lost, to the Lamb of God. We're going to move on with uh, the Bald Brothers right now with Mercy Said No. You're listening to The Breakfast Show.
5: Just a child when I felt the Savior leading. I was drawn to what I could not understand, and for the cause of Christ, I have spent my days believing what he'd have me be is who I am. As I've come to see the weaker side of me, I realized His grace is what I need. When sin demanded justice for my soul, mercy said, no, I'm not gonna let you go. You don't have to be afraid Mercy said no Sin will never take control Life and death stood face to face Darkness trying to steal my heart away Thank you Jesus Mercy said no His Son to save us From the cross He built a bridge To set us free Oh, but deep within our hearts There is still a war that rages And makes the sacrifice So hard to see And as midnight fell On crucifixion day Seemed oh so far away And as evil tried to stop redemption's
0: Guys, you're listening to the Breakfast Show. In fact, that show has come to an end. And so, because the show has come to an end, we are going to give a book away entirely for free. Because Zanzac Day, we have a bit of a military theme that has been running through the show. And so we gave away uh, the book about Desmond Doss by Button Herndon called uh, The Hero of Hacksaw Ridge for our quiz. For our end of show giveaway, we are going to go to the, uh, I guess, the other side of that same conflict, and we're going to give away the book A Thousand Shall Fall. What happens if you are drafted into the Wehrmacht as a Christian and as a conscientious objector? You don't have the constitutional rights and privileges of the United States to back you up. What is going to happen, and how do you actually go about surviving the next six years? Years of conflict where you're going to be able to read the story of Franz Hassel, uh, who exactly that's exactly what happened to him. And what an incredible story of faith and courage it is. So give us a call. We'll go to the first caller through 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. Don't forget, we want to encourage you to study the Bible. Study it for yourself. Study it during the coronavirus lockdown. Study it via uh, Bible Study Helps. If you would like us to help you with that, we can do that. Uh, Study my Bible study course, which is called The Prophetic Code. And as we go through this day, don't forget to talk faith, live faith. Act faith and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ
4: God be with you till we meet again God be with you till we meet again By his counsel's guide of hold you with his sheep securely fold you
2: Faith FM, bringing you the peace and joy of Jesus Christ.
6: Have you ever felt joy deep inside your soul? The puzzle is filled Have you ever seen kindness all around And goodness triumphing evil in every round And faithfulness